Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter Sunday to you all. It's Resurrection Sunday, isn't it? Anybody here on a sugar rush just yet? It's good to see you all this morning, and welcome to church if you're with us for the first time today, and somebody brought you, somebody invited you, maybe you just arrived, and you're not even sure how you arrived or why you arrived today, but welcome to church. So good to be in God's house this morning, and uh, we've just had phenomenal services the whole morning, Edenvale, and first service Boxburg here as well, and now 10 o'clock, and of course 5 p.m., the 5 at Thrive this afternoon as well, so if you've got family and friends and they haven't made it to Easter yet, um, get, tell them to get to 5 o'clock. Uh, as we're in for a great time. Hey, do you hear the story about um, Joseph of Arimathea? You know, he was the guy who took his tomb and gave it to Jesus. So he took Jesus's body and, and took it and said to Pilate, can I have Jesus's body? I'm gonna put it in my tomb, right? So Pilate says to him, that's fine, but that sounds very generous of you. What are you gonna do about your own tomb? Joseph says, it's okay, it's only for the weekend. It's all, it'll all be good. <laughs> so... Uh, have a, turn to somebody, say hi, and then you can have a seat. Thanks, everybody. I'm sure you would have all seen on the news on the 15th of April, that's this past Monday, the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris burned, and it came very close to it burning down completely. Some of the timber work that dates back to the year 1150 was destroyed in, in that fire. It took 150 years to build Notre Dame, and some of the priceless masonry and carpentry work that took place over 150 years, it's devastating to think it can burn in a moment, hey? One night and it can be done. You can see the pictures of the Parisians just standing with their hands on their heads watching their cathedral burn. Uh, Notre Dame is known as the seat of the soul of France. And the lament that came up from Paris that day was that the seat of the soul of France, our precious cathedral, is forever damaged, never to be the same ever again. Uh, my little guy Caleb, Pastor Candice and I, little guy, our, our son Caleb, is six years old now. And in the space of the past two weeks, he lost both of his two front teeth. And have a look at him there. And you know, the thought hit me, and it was a bittersweet thought, because I thought, he will never be that age ever again. That's why I needed to capture it, you know. No, no, I mean, he, all he wants for Easter is his two front teeth, so he can, he can eat properly, because he's kind of like this at the moment, you know. But you know, whether it's an iconic cathedral, or whether it's the seat of the soul of a nation that says what it is to be French, or whether it's, it's your son, who's never going to be the same age ever again, uh, there's a sense of irretrievability about it, isn't there? And the older we get, the more we realize that certain losses are irretrievable and, and they're gone. And the best we can do is to console ourselves with memories of once what was, you know? All we can offer, all we can receive actually is consolation. Consolation is the comfort that's received by a person after a loss or disappointment. 
And kind of that's, that's all we can really hope and trust for in, the, in this world, in this life of ours, is some measure of consolation. Sorry, your son will never be six again. You know? Sorry, your cathedral's burned down. And, and that masonry, that artistry, those, that, that wood from 1150 AD is lost forever. Sorry. And the disciples, Jesus' disciples, found themselves in a pretty similar stage on Easter Sunday. The story that we're going to dive into this morning is about two of his followers, not one of the 12 disciples, but two of the, his followers. They decided to walk from the, the city of Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus. And they were busy walking along, and as they walked along, Jesus joined them, but they had no idea who he was just yet. So they get talking to this guy who they think is a complete stranger, and Jesus says to them, hey guys, now bear in mind, this is Easter Sunday like afternoon, so Jesus is in his resurrected body, right? He's risen already. So he suddenly appears to them, and they get talking. He says, what are you talking about? And they go, Jesus, well, they don't call him Jesus because they don't know who it is, but they go, dude, uh, have you been under a rock, you know? Have you, have you missed the fact of what's gone on in the last few days in Jerusalem? Uh, and they begin to relay the story to him, and they begin to tell him the story of what's gone on. And they finish their talk, and, and then they, they say, right, we're off sort of to, to Maes now that we've hit our destination, and we're, we're going to have dinner. And they say to Jesus, oh, don't, don't go on the road. Come along with us. Have dinner with us. And they sit down, and they have dinner together. And as they have dinner, Jesus takes some bread, and he begins to break the bread and bless the bread and starts to give it to them. And in that moment, of the eating of the bread, they suddenly realize it's him. They freaked out to say the least, like obviously, as you would be, right? Like, how is this possible? And anyway, they, they carry on with their dinner and Jesus disappears once more. And now these two decide they're gonna hike back to Jerusalem. So they've walked from Jerusalem to Emmaus, 17 kilometers. Now they're heading back from Emmaus back to Jerusalem. They must have got there quite late at night. It's a fair distance, right, to walk. And as they get there, they join the other disciples, Jesus' disciples, and they start relaying the story. Hey, we were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and as we were walking, uh, this guy disappeared. He seemed a bit strange at first. And then we invited him for dinner, and as he had dinner, and, it's Jesus! <laughs> like, freaked out. As they busy in this scene, as the disciples now, like the 11 minus, you know, 12 minus Judas, as they're there, having this relayed to them, Jesus appears again out of nowhere. He's having fun at this time. <laughs> He's, and he disappears. And, and he begins to share dinner with them. Right, let's pick up the story. It's in Luke's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book of the New Testament, written by the Dr. Luke. Verses 35 of chapter 24. Then the, then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they'd recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing among them. I mean, who here would have been freaked out? Who, who would be the person, if you had that kind of body, who would freak people out by just arriving? <laughs> be great fun. Peace be with you, he said. The reason he said that is because they were absolutely frightened out of their socks. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. 
Why are you frightened? He said, why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. Clearly they'd said, they were probably talking to each other. Hey, Jamie's a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see I do. So he's like, do you see this? And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Then they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. If it was my leader, if it it was me with Jesus there, I would have fried the fish. I would have put a bit of batter over it, deep fried it, tartar sauce, squeeze a lemon. These acts give him broiled fish. You know why they watched him is because it was probably so unpalatable. They're like, let's see if he can actually eat this. <laughs> then he said to them, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. We'll leave the story there. Two stories about Jesus' followers, two appearances by Jesus where they get freaked out. The one thing that both have in common, though apart from that, is that it was the moment when they ate, well, when he ate, it was the moment when he took the bread and physically ate it. That was the moment of revelation for them. That was the moment of illumination. That's when they finally realized the full reality of the fact that Christ has been resurrected. Up until that point in time, they were like, yeah, this is a bit weird. Uh, is he a ghost? How is he appearing all of a sudden like this? But it was when he said, look at my hands, look at my feet. And when he ate, all of a sudden, the fullness of the resurrection hit them. The resurrection promises us more than just consolation. You see, up until that point in time, I think they were hoping for somebody to comfort them. But Jesus wasn't interested in comforting them as much as he was as demonstrating to them who he really was. The resurrection promises more than consolation for the suffering and the death we experience in this world. It promises us a full restoration. You see, the fact that Jesus could show his disciples his hands and his feet, that he could eat the fish, demonstrated that the victory of the resurrection includes a full renewal physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. The resurrection is not some ethereal, up in the air, pie in the sky, spiritual realm idea. The resurrection is a new reality that Jesus ushers in. And that new reality is the reality of restoration. He will restore everything to every follower of his. And so in showing that his body has been restored, he's showing that the resurrection's about a full restoration. This is where Christ's resurrection is, is unique. Other religions would promise a kind of spiritual future or a spiritual bliss or some consolation for what you've lost. But Christ's resurrection promises the restoration of what you've lost. You don't just get your body back. You get the body you always wanted. You're going to get men's health abs. You're going to get Cosmo curves. It's going to be that kind of deal. Sounds amazing. 
you don't just get your life back, you get the life that you'd hoped for. We get perfectly restored and restored to perfection. The importance of Jesus' physical body, that he could show and demonstrate his body, that he could eat. What's the message for you this Easter Sunday? It's that the resurrection offers a full restoration in every aspect of life. That there will be a restoration of everything that once was. We get perfectly restored and we get restored to perfection. Revelation 21, Jesus himself said at verse 5, the one sitting on the throne said, that's Jesus, right? Says, look, I'm making everything new. Your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul. You'll be able to eat fish in heaven. You with me? Not broiled fish, nobody wants to eat that. You'll be restored. Emmanuel Macron, he was the French president. He understood, he understood just what the French people needed after the tragedy of Notre Dame. Because what he does is he spends some time lamenting with the people of France. Ah, oh, the seat of the soul of France has been damaged, right? But he doesn't stop at consolation. He doesn't stop saying, sorry for our loss, French people. Parisians, sorry about the fact that 900 years of history is gone in a night. He doesn't stop there. Emmanuel Macron understands the principle that what the French people really need at that moment is a promise of restoration, that the cathedral will be restored. Jesus understood this. He knew his disciples didn't need to simply say, oh, sorry guys about the last few days. Sorry that I died and, and uh, that you've had a rough couple of days. Sorry about the Jewish leaders and authorities giving you a hard time. That uh, it's all good. What he, he knew they needed was a promise of a full restoration that they could once again hold their savior. Jesus understood it too. That's why he appeared to his disciples physically and made a point of eating and drinking and showing them physical, but he was trying to show them that there's going to be a full restoration here. It's my um, privilege to chat to Olga Diaga this morning, and um, Olga's been in the church like since forever, and um, she's literally one of the founding members of, of our church here, and so the 25-year celebration is going to be a big one for you, because you've been here pretty much all of these 25 years. And uh, it seems like just the other day that you and Colin got married. Yeah. I was at your wedding. I know. We both were a lot younger. <laughs> For sure. Scary. <laughs> and skinny. Uh, yeah, well, you're still skinny. Yeah, no. um, but I, I wanted to talk to Olga this morning because the last three years of, of her and Colin's life has been an exceptionally difficult three years. And her life is a story of victory in, in the form of a consolation, in the form of God's grace being poured out over their lives, but in the midst of still suffering loss, her, her story is a story of difficulty, tragedy, loss, but it's also the story of a promise of a future restoration. Some of what she's lost in the last three years can never be recovered. 
but we can still walk in victory despite loss. And when I saw this, there's like a real grace in Olga's life for this. Like it's, it's incredible the way she's been able to walk through these last few years. So Olga, tell us about the last three years. If I had to say to you the three words, um, back, cancer, tumor. Um, that's say, all since I'd say Jane, please no more. Please no more. <laughs> last three years, that's what you faced, you and Colin, hey? Yes, it is indeed. Thanks, Pastor B. Yeah, I'd just like to go back... Um, to 2017 when it all began and on the 10th of January in 2017 I journaled the following in my in my journal and the Lord was speaking to me and he said that I needed to get rid of what I thought I had in mind for my life that we will go through the wilderness we will go through deep waters but they would not overwhelm us they would not overtake us And he promised me that he is still in the room and that I need to guard the promise of his presence in our lives. And on nine days later, Colin was diagnosed on the 19th of January, 2017, with life-threatening cancer. It was in a very aggressive form. We went through that whole procedure. We went through the whole process of 2017. And at the end of 2017, he began to be wrecked with pain in his back. And um, 15th of February of 2018, Colin underwent major back surgery. On the 28th of May, my dad passed away in that same year. At the end of 2018, which was last year, Colin was once again found in a very difficult and unwell position. And um, on the 12th of February of this year, we went to have what was supposed to be a routine MRI scan on his back following the back operation. Um, We did 45 minutes of MRI scan on his back, and then they found something that they weren't happy with. So we did an additional 45 minutes of brain scan. At 6 p.m. on the 12th of February, 2019, we sat in front of the neurosurgeon and he told us that Colin had a brain tumor and that he needed to operate immediately. And so on the 15th of February, one year later, to the day in the same hospital with the same neurosurgeon, Almost to the minute, we und- Colin underwent brain surgery. And that has been our journey so far. And that last op now in February this year was very touch and go, wasn't it? It was, um, Pastor B. Um, his life was hanging on a thread at some points. He's, he had multiple occasions of heart failure. And... Um, You want to know what victory looks like? Victory looks like heart failure. And the second that victory spoke life over him. The second that the cross spoke life over Colin. Yeah, yeah. we went through a tough time. So three years, and you kind of felt like you said to me, there were were three, um, I think, works maybe that God did in your life. When you look back now, they're kind of three three uh, major lessons, three, three things that kept you. 
throughout this, three kind of phrases that you penned, where if you look back, you realize this was actually the work that God was busy with inside of you, hey? Yes. So just uh, going back to 2017, I, um, prior to just getting the news of the, of the brain, um, oh, sorry, of the cancer, yeah. I, I was this very fierce warrior chick. I had a sword in my hand. I had a shield of faith. And I slew everything that came in my path. Anything that didn't look like Jesus, I annihilated by the word of God. And that's how I went through 2017, full of victory, full of faith. And 2019 came around, and it was a very different picture. It was a completely different picture. I stood in my spirit. I stood in brokenness. I stood with tears streaming down my face. I, st- I stood with a shattered heart all over the floor. I stood in utter disbelief um, at what was happening to our lives once again. And um, I stood in imperfection. Yeah. Can you understand that you can stand in imperfection above, in front of the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ and bring him your brokenness and yeah. bring him your yeah. broken hallelujahs yeah. and he sees you and he hears you every time. Yeah. yeah. So it was that standing and as you were standing, you said to me, you determined to stay in your lane, right? I did. Like, uh, t- tell us what you mean by staying in your lane. Yeah, I, you know, um, I realized later, and it's only been a couple of weeks, but I've realized that just by showing up, just by staying true to what God had called me to do for this season in my life, for this time in my right. life, to the call of God on my life, it was a, I was able to gain momentum from that. I was able to gain Um, strength from that by staying in my lane without falling off and just disintegrating into something that uh, would have not been any of any benefit to myself or my husband at the time or our family. I love the phrase you wrote there. You said, um, I was determined to to not lose myself in the midst of all that was going on. Yes. Circumstances can, like we can get lost in them, hey? Absolutely. Especially when they are repeated um, year on year on year. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy to lose yourself. And I had to intentionally choose, intentionally determine that I would not get swallowed up in all of this. That I yeah. could not lose my life um, in all of this. And that I still had a, a promise in front of me. That's right. God's word was still true to that day, to that moment, irrespective of the circumstances. And so I, yeah, I chose to stay in my lane. And you did. I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know, any event that we have at the church, whether it's men's or ladies or whatever the case is, it, all of the decor that you would see around the campus at, on any event um, is, is always Olga's brainchild. She's the creative one that comes up with that stuff. And um, just, just recently you would have seen the foyer has been redone and the cafe area has been redone a bit. And um, oh, that's Olga. So, I mean, in the midst of all of this, there was a determination not to lose what God had put on your life that he wanted to do through your life. And to, there was a determination not to put brakes on that, hey? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, 
the, the psalm that I think kind of summarizes all of these last three years for you. It's kind of like the parallel for your life, or maybe it's the theme, really, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the hindsight scripture now, but uh, um, Psalm 23, you know, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I think somewhere along the line, we bought into a lie that said there's no valley of shadow of death, and that even if there is, we don't walk through it. We walk around it, over it, above it. Maybe we get teleported through it, you know? That's been meaning for you, for you, hey, Olds? Um, very much so, Pastor V. Yeah, it's, I began to ponder um, prior to this meeting about what victory looked like for me. Yeah. Um, what does victory look like for me? And it looks like the cross. It looks like the blood. It yeah. looks like the scars on my husband's head. Yeah. It looks like heart failure in a theater. Yeah. That's what victory looks right. like to me. Um, it looks like that mom, those moments that take your breath away. I'm sorry Pastor yeah. Kand isn't here, but I've still got those triple X mints because I actually can't eat them. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. life is still taking my breath away. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so in my brokenness and in my, in my um, imperfection, God gave me this word about even when and even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because his presence is with me and goes right. with me all the time. That's right. That's right. Like there's such a, there's such a, par- um, like there's such a big story in that because mm. you started off by saying like beginning of 2017, there you were, you know, mm. sword in hand, shield. Yeah. Like... You know, just yeah. warrior chick, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, thinking that, mm-hmm. thinking that's what perfection looks like. Mm-hmm. Thinking perfection looks like strength, mm-hmm. and it looks like invincibility. Mm-hmm. That's what victory mm-hmm. looks like. You know, Absolutely. like the, the, the warrior picture. Now yeah. it's the broken picture. Yes, yes. And you yeah. know, um, we we oftentimes we want the mountain, but we don't want the valley. Yeah, yeah. We want to walk on the mountain. We want to pick daisies on the mountain. In the first service I said we want to sing Ave Maria or whatever you sing on a mountain. But we're not prepared to walk through that valley. And yet God says, even though, even when yeah. you walk in that valley, it's not an if, it's an even when. That's right. So, yeah, he's, um, his promise is always there. And like when I look at Olga's story, I think this is kind of how we sum it up, that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God's hand is upon us, protects us, His grace is so evident in it. But Colin's body won't be restored to what it was before, fully. Mm. He, he'll walk with the limp of cancer and of back surgery and a tumor in his brain. You'll walk with the scars of a night where he died, almost died several times. Yeah. I was just, I wrote it down because just this is, this is my last week. Old school friend tells me her father's had a stroke a year ago and he's now got dementia and Alzheimer's. I spoke to somebody else who said they got a cancer diagnosis. Walked out of the Edenvale Church last week and a young man comes up to me and he shows me the scars on his arms where his new friends have initiated him. 
woman after woman after woman come, comes up to me after I spoke about sexual abuse a few weeks ago, and they tell me their story. Good Friday, somebody tells me about their child who was almost raped. Another person tells me I've been persecuted at work and I've fired for all the wrong reasons. Another person tells me about the neglect that they feel from those closest to them. Get an email from somebody who says I've been financial hardship. Speak to a family member who's battling with a significant disease. And you realize that victory looks different to what we thought it did. Victory looks like the scars on a head. Victory looks like the difficulty of a value of death. And here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. While we're on this earth, there's consolation. God's with us, helps us, strengthens us but there'll only ever be only ever be restoration on the other side of eternity so Olga's got a real grace on her life for this I'm going to ask her to stand and to pray for us is that okay will you pray for us Olga just those come let's stand together as a church just she's got such a grace to walk through stuff Maybe some of you, maybe you're walking through a valley of the shadow of death where you are at the moment. Your victory looks different to what you thought it would. What's the point of the resurrection? To assure us that victory lies on the other side. A complete victory, only a, a complete restoration only ever lies on the other side. But make no mistake, it can be yours. This side of heaven, we limp. But man, one day there will be a perfect restoration. New body, new mind, redemption, restoration, healing physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But until such time, you can walk in the the victory that this earth is able to give us. It's the victory of the grace of God over our lives where He keeps us and He sees us through the valley. Does this make sense to you? Let's pray. Thanks, Ogs. Father God, we just come to you this morning and church, would you just stretch out your hands? Just stretch out your hands. God's grace is sufficient for you in every need. God sees you in the valley. If you're on the mountaintop, thank you, Jesus, that I'm on the mountaintop. But most of us, Father, we go through the valley. We go through that shadow of death. We go through the darkness, Lord, and we, we cross waters that are deep and wild. And, Lord, we just come to you this morning, and we ask you for that promise of, of 
that was bought for us on Friday, Father God. That promise of the cross, that promise, promise of, of healing, of salvation, Lord Jesus, that, that came about in the resurrection on Sunday, Father God. We thank you for that promise of grace over our lives, Lord. We thank you that you are with us in the valley. We thank you that you walk ahead of us, that you take us by the hand and you move us gently. And all you're asking, Father, is that we would just show up just show up in the dark. Just show up in your broken hallelujahs. Just bring them to the feet of Jesus with your shattered lives and your shattered hearts. Bring them to Jesus and he will make perfection out of your imperfection. And we thank you, Father, that you are a restorer of all that has been lost, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you will redeem those things that the locust has stolen, Lord, and that you will give us a double portion of what we have lost and what's been stolen, Father, that we would just come before you in our brokenness and in our imperfection, Father that we would find grace in our time of need. That you will are and will always be all that we ever need, Lord. We thank you for what the work that you did on Calvary, Lord Jesus. We thank you for breaking for us so that we might have life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's show some appreciation to Let me sum it up for you this way. The story of Job in the Old Testament loses everything. Property, loses all of his kids. And um, towards the end of his life, after he endures all of this, uh, his fortune gets restored, his ki- he has new kids. But I, I read that story and I remain dissatisfied with it. Because I'm like, just because I've had more kids doesn't mean that I don't mourn the loss of those who, you with me? If I lost a child and I had another one, like there would always be the hole in my heart for the ones that died. You with me? And it's it's a picture of the partial restoration that happens here on earth. God restores, he, he sees us through, he, he, he gives us more kids, you know, in Job's case. He, 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 he restores the business, he, he gives Job a livelihood again, he restores his health to him. But Job always walked with the scars of children that had died. He always walked with the scars of the boils that were on his skin. But when he entered eternity one day, who do you think he saw on the other side? his kids that he'd lost. What do you think happened to his body as he entered eternity? The scars from the disease on his skin fell away. You get what I'm saying about a, there's a, there's a victory here on earth, but it's partial. But one day there's a full restoration where everything will be restored to you that was lost. Your health, your emotion, your, the scars on your soul. The only question is, do you want to enter that sort of eternity? This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.